It's ten times the terror. Hello and welcome to Ten Times the Terror. Not okay. Everybody, clear their throats. <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> um, okay. Do do we want me to kind of? Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, yeah James, you're good at it. You're You've good seen at it. Twice, so you're ahead of both of us. Yeah, you're about twice. to see. About to be three times. About to be three. Oh man. Oh man. It's gonna be really funny watching Turning Red and then watching the Batman, like the polar opposites. I know. <laughs> I saw. I saw it, Megan. Uh-huh. I was like. That'll be my palate cleanser, because one, I'm not the target audience for, and the other, I'm totally the target audience for. <laughs> Whereas for me, I was the target audience for both. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Ten Times the Terror. I'm James. And I'm Paul. And I'm Gwen. And on today's special episode, we're reviewing the big one. Dun, 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 dun. The Batman. Currently in theaters, it is the newest... <laughs> Batman movie. Um, as you can probably guess, I'm a huge fan of Batman. I think all of us are. And it's worth noting, this is the 13th theatrically released Batman movie. I did the math. There wow. are 13 movies with Batman in theaters. And I'm sorry, that were theatrically released. But if I mean, even further than that, you have the direct-to-video ones. You have all the animated ones. Um, but yeah, this is the new one starring uh, Robert Pattinson as Batman. And we have Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. We have Andy Serkis as Alfred. We have Colin Farrell, almost unrecognizable as Alfred. We have Paul Dano as the Riddler. And yeah, this is the new one. It's directed by Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves directed the original Cloverfield. He directed um, two of the Planet of the Apes movies. So he he seems to be the kind of director that's good at jumping into a franchise and kind of revitalizing it. Do you, um, James, you, are you including the movie serials too? I'm not including the movie serials. So you should include those. Include I mean, those the, as well. The first film, Batman, is the 1943 serial. Well, there you go. Even more. Even more. So it's 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 you can say this is a popular character for sure. Um, okay, I think we're gonna go around again. I think it's worth just kind of diving right into it. So we're gonna spoil this movie. So if you haven't seen the Batman, hold off on listening to this episode. Come back after you've seen it because uh, we're gonna talk about all the plot, all the details about it. Um, but yeah, let's just get right into it. I'll start by saying I love this movie. I cannot believe this movie exists. For this to be the 13th <laughs> Batman movie and for it to be done so well, I think it is so authentic to Batman comics. I mean, I think there's direct you know, references to things like The Long Halloween and Year One, as well as other other iterations, whether it be the animated series or even like the Arkham video games. I love Robert Pattinson as Batman. He's Batman for most of the movie. He's very he's very seldom Bruce Wayne. And I think we can kind of go into his portrayal of Bruce Wayne because I thought they did a very interesting choice with him where he's not the traditional billionaire playboy. Um, I think it's it's beautifully shot. I love the score. I it, it delivers on being this noir detective story, which I think is what they kind of sold in the promotions. I thought this movie was great. Dad, what did you think? Yeah, I... I, I... I thought it was great too. I have to, you know, sit down and really sort out my feelings. I'm, I'm such a huge fan of the first Michael Keaton one, where I think Jack Nicholson was a, 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 a obviously a different kind of uh, Joker than we have later on. But uh, what I, what I see in this as um, not going to put on a different hat. Uh, this is another. This is a version of the Odyssey, which is the most famous story in the Western tradition. And I came up with nine examples of the Odyssey in this film. 
and I'm not going to give them all right now, but I will maybe in a later. Discussion. Wow, I hope your students, I hope your students are listening and taking vigorous notes well, right I'm now. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to. It sounds like an essay right here. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to assign, assign it to the students and say, come, you know, I said, I found nine examples of the Odyssey uh, in this, and not small ones either. Uh, and so I, I, because again, my point is, why are those classic texts so important, whether they're Homer or Plato or the Bible? It's because they, they have an enduring quality. And the closer you get to the source material, the more effective they are. And uh, this is this is the Odyssey redone as, as the Batman. And uh, same way that, you know, a film like The Mark of Zorro, classic Hollywood, is clearly it's the Odyssey all over again. And, you know, again, Hamlet is the Odyssey all over again. It's, it's the most abiding story uh, outside of any religi religious sources. It is the most abiding novel, if you will, uh, in, in Western history. So kind of, going off, the, kind of going off that, would you say, again, Batman as a character has been around for almost 100 years and is clearly hasn't hasn't um, waned in popularity. Would you say that in kind of our modern times, Batman is the most direct sort of iteration of the Odyssey? I'd have to think about it, but it, it clearly is a major one. Uh, I mean, the Odyssey is, you know, say, it, it's all around us. I mean, uh, the most the most enduring film of classic Hollywood for all ages is based on the Odyssey. It's The Wizard of Oz. Uh, but an, another example is The Lion King. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's almost too many to mention, but needless to say, it's it's a very strong example, and I think that's why it works so well because the Odyssey is such a great story. Absolutely, Gwendolyn. What did you think of the Batman? I loved this movie so 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 much. It was amazing. Um, like you said, I really felt like this totally felt like the long Halloween. I felt Mask of the Phantasm. We really had this great mystery serial killer story that we haven't really seen at least in the live action films in terms of him really just being a detective which i loved um zoe kravitz was my favorite Catwoman is my favorite she killed it she was amazing but what i loved the most is especially when he's narrating and the way certain shots were done and like one that really stuck in my mind so much was when he's watching Zoe Kravitz come home and watching her kind of walk through her apartment and the cats and like change into like her Catwoman outfit that felt, I felt like I was watching a comic book. Like that is literally how all the Catwoman comics like happen. And, and the way he would narrate, it just felt like watching a comic book. Like it just, it was done really well. And, and the, the way they chose to do these little, because Batman's been done so much and the way they chose to to do new little fresh takes, like, it was great. It was fantastic. My favorite, though, is choosing to have him slowly coming out of the darkness with the boot thuds as he's walking. Oh, my gosh. It was that was amazing. Absolutely. Well, I think I think going off what you're just saying, I think the narration works in two ways that are so well where to me, at first thought was like, oh, this is like film noir. You know, film noir, you have the main character narrating things and kind of that's very sort of like a typical trope of the genre. But you're right. It's also like reading a comic where you see the the text, the narration of the character. So it kind of works both ways. Um, I agree. I love, I thought it was a very deliberate choice to have the sound effect of him where, again, I think it's so cool right off the bat where they establish that the the criminals are, are fearful of the shadows 
by themselves because they think he could be anywhere. But our first introduction when he sort of arrives on that um, platform, we just hear the sound of his boots walking and and we just see darkness and then he just slowly emerges. It, I think so it's so cool because so many times so he's so good. stealthy and he's kind of just hiding in the shadows and sort of like one by one takes out the people. But for him to kind of deliberately make his entrance that way, I thought worked so well. I agree. I agree. And it's amazing that like, and we were kind of talking about this, James, after I saw the movie, but it's amazing that you have, like, the Tim Burton ones, you have, you know, the Val Kilmer and the George Clooney, which go into that very Adam West campy, you know, stuff, but then you have the Chris Nolan, you know, ones, and now this, it's it's amazing that there's been so many good Batman movies, and you can't even compare them, because they're all so different. Absolutely. And yeah. and a movie like this is just such a well made movie i think the cinematography is fantastic one of my favorite shots in the whole movie is when batman and catwoman are on the rooftop and so the sort of dawn is rising and it's just like their silhouettes against this very orangey hazy background it's so like artfully done and gwen you mentioned like the yeah like the shots of him sort of spying on selena from her apartment i thought dad i want to hear what you think but i thought there were so many just kind of not just Batman influence, but film influence. I mean, that to me was very Hitchcocky and these kind of voyeuristic POV shots. Obviously, there's film noir and detective sort of references to kind of 1940s detective movies. I thought the whole Batmobile chase, which was excellent, was like something out of like a Steve McQueen movie. And then also like it's very notably referencing things like Seven by David Fincher, especially with the Riddler with Paul Dano's performance. Yeah, and no, I, I I would agree. I mean, it definitely a rear window comes to mind watching it. Yeah, and um, uh, yeah, you, you think of uh, take a take a film like Murder My Sweet, where you Dick Powell is playing against type, and he's um, uh, is it um, Philip Philip Marlowe? But yeah, again, that that they're right. There's so many of those um, uh, so-called hard-boiled detective stories, the film noirs, where you're you're being told by the hero and i mean to the point where in sunset boulevard uh the narrator is dead right <laughs> he's narrating the story definitely definitely a choice yeah <laughs> it always cracked me up you know but yeah no it, it 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 builds out of a whole host of things and um i would love to ask the the uh uh the the, the director and the screenwriter uh were you aware of how close you were following the odyssey and my guess is maybe they weren't because, but that's just, it's just such a part of our, of our cultural framework uh, that you don't have to poke too far to get, you know, to get into that. And I think that's what makes Batman such an enduring character. I mean, Superman is sort of obvious, but Batman is a whole different uh, turnaround of that. And I, I still remember the first Batman comic book I ever got. And I've, I've since acquired it. It's not in great shape. But I do have it, you know, and it. Um, I can remember it as a little kid, you know, the impression that Batman had on me. Well, I think, Dad, to your earlier point, how kind of like the, the closer you get to the source material, the more prominent those kind of influences become. I think that's the case here, where like this to me felt like a true and true Batman movie, like where it felt like the comics come to life and it, it's just done so authentically. So I'm sure there, I mean, I would love to ask the same question, but I'm sure there was some consciousness of that but i think it's also just it speaks to how how closely you're drawing from the material right 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 yeah i also just i love to just to me i thought this was maybe my favorite 
Gotham City of any movie just because it felt so lived in. It felt seedy and dangerous. And we see yeah. all the different facets. We see, you know, Jeffrey Wright, who is great as Gordon, and the whole police department. And we see, you know, the the club that the penguin runs and you know all the and obviously it ties into the movie we're sort of showing how deep corruption runs and how it reaches every area from the politicians to the police to kind of every facet of the city but it, it just felt like such a lived in city and and felt so grimy and the felt so dangerous mm-hmm. yes and loved that it had this and we kind of spoke about this you know before too how it had this like weird old but in a new time period like it felt like like the subways felt like the the 70s new york subways everything felt like run down and old even the cops uniforms were like a more old school you know designed and like everything seemed like it was this ambiguous like early like 70s 80s time period but then like all the technologies you know today and stuff and i liked that it was this kind of nuanced new time frame that worked so well for like especially the storyline and the feel of the movie and it it was like even all the gangsters were like kind of looking like the old school suits and and gangster kind of feel rather than a more contemporary look and i really i thought that was done really well yeah even even um uh colin farrell's penguin felt very much like uh robert de niro in the untouchables that kind of like yes old school gangster 100 percent. But, but, but even that to me feels feels um uh similar to comics where in comics it's never really clear it's always sort of implied that it's present day but it's not really clear like how long of a time span is happening batman's right. always kind of like middle age like there's no real sense of like an era right right yeah. it's true i want to hear the i want to hear the odyssey points Okay. All right. All right. Let me let me go through them. All right. So um, one by notes. one, let's go. Okay. Here we go. Students, if you're listening, take notes. The hero has a secret identity that okay. prevents people from knowing who he truly is. Okay. That could Wait. not be more obvious. Before hmm? you go any further, can we just touch on that? Because yes. again, I mentioned how in this he's mostly Batman for most of the movie, and I actually thought this was a very interesting choice. Where to me it almost felt like he saw Bruce Wayne as like an obligation. Like he's not the again he's not the billionaire mm-hmm. playboy socialite. And I love the scene when he goes uh, to the funeral, where that's kind of like one of the only scenes we see him as Bruce Wayne in public. And again, clearly everyone knows who he is, and they kind of know about the tragedy with his parents. But he just he feels so like physically out of place. And I love to even just the little touch of when we first see him kind of emerge out of the Batcave and he sort of squints when he sees the light and puts on the shades. He clearly is almost vampiric where he's only out at night and and is so unexposed to daytime. I, I thought that was a very interesting choice. And I think where the movie sort of ends, where he kind of realizes, OK, this has to be more about hope than about vengeance. I could see them maybe developing the Bruce Wayne persona more. But again, I just thought for this movie that was interesting compared to how we normally see Bruce Wayne portrayed. But it's right, and there. even when he goes to the church, he seems so out of his element, and yeah, everyone exactly. seems like, oh my gosh, Bruce Wayne, like we, like, like, like as if, yeah. yeah, as if no one ever sees him, and he looks so uncomfortable in a social setting. Yeah, yeah, I, I almost took it like ever since his parents died, he's had no real like public persona. Well, again, in the Odyssey, from the time Odysseus arrives back in Ithaca, he is mostly the. Uh, the the old beggar you know he's in the, his secret identity and it's only at the very very end that he reveals his true identity so that that works there you know in the original source material uh for m- much of the uh latter half of the book uh he's he's the old beggar 
not the not the famous warrior Odysseus. Okay, um, another critical point in the Odyssey is the idea of a Fantastic Four. Uh, call it that. The hero has is one of has a group of three close associates, and the four of them become the architects of the opposition against the powers of, against the evil forces. And it's the idea from Homer that uh, a team of four can do more many times than um, a whole army can do, and they certainly can do more than one or two people can do. So, uh, yeah, and do you have the Fantastic Four here? Yes, you do. You've got Batman, Catwoman, Alfred, and Commissioner Gordon. Right, right. It's not right there. Uh, big question in the Odyssey that certainly is here is, what is the difference between vengeance and justice? And that that struggle for Batman is also a struggle for Odysseus. Okay, uh, which which I thought I thought was really portrayed well in this, where again he like refers to himself as vengeance and and other characters as well. And I love at the very end where he's fighting the sort of uh, you know Riddler's kind of uh, henchman, and the guy says, "I'm vengeance," and that kind of again takes you on this on this arc of he has to be more about hope than vengeance. Right, and therefore more yeah. about justice, yeah. And and that's what Odysseus has to learn. He has to go from beyond the point of vengeance, where he he wants to take revenge on the suitors who have disrupted his, his whole life and his family's life. Uh, and, uh, 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 but then he has to move on to the point where he can recognize uh, justice, that revenge will not lead to justice. You have to start over again. And at the very end, he learns he learns justice. Okay, that's definitely there in the film. Uh, the home of the hero is in the hands of his enemies. Gotham City is mm. being run by corrupt people. How obvious can that be? You know. Oh yeah. You know, uh, the suitors have taken over the home of of Odysseus. Okay. And, uh, and we and we see that literally when when Wayne Manor is attacked by the Riddler's bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But the whole idea that, you know, his home is Gotham City and that's, you know, that's all been taken over by these corrupt, including the corrupt police. OK. Um, the hero has a supernatural guide, uh, which in the, the Odyssey is Athena. I would argue here it's the, the playing and replaying of Ave Maria at critical points in the film. Oh, yeah. And that, that always that always seems to play whenever. Something kind Some of bad's about wrong. to happen. Yeah, yeah right. right. <laughs> so that 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 sort of you know keeps you going. And uh, uh, just as Athena, when whatever setbacks Odysseus encounters, Athena keeps him going. Okay. Um, there is a key woman in the life of the hero, uh, which of course in the Odyssey is Penelope, and Doug. Uh, obviously, here it's, it's Catwoman who plays both that role as well as the being part of the Fantastic Four. A big motif in the film is the, the descent into the underworld. Odysseus goes into the underworld to learn what his fate is going to truly be. And you've already come, you know, the club and all that kind of stuff. There is these images of the, un, you know, the dark, threatening underworld um, is, is very much there. I, I think um, you also you also have that. I mean, that, that literally happens in the movie. But I think you have that even kind of metaphorically about Batman having to confront his own past and his family and kind of all their flaws and how they're tied to some of the corruption and kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah the, fur the further you go into this case, the deeper you're uncovering. And this, I think is the first version where you really uh, are told that uh, there's been this corruption on the part of uh, Bruce Wayne's father. 
uh that's that's yeah, a i think wrinkle. that's a new that's a new kind of uh in some of the more modern takes yeah, yeah which new, is an interesting wrinkle. wrinkle yeah yeah it makes sense to have the dad be involved in corruption because how are you going to be a billionaire in gotham city if gotham's corrupt and not somehow be involved in that corruption no it makes sense but it's but you know totally. it, it, this is the first to my knowledge i've been following batman since i think the, since i was like six years old or something uh, this is the first time I ever remember that, you know, because it was always presented, you know, in some cases that he wanted to leave that, you know, they were uh, at the performance of the um, uh, the bat, you know, from. Um, but it was the know, Mark of Zorro, right? Hmm? Weren't they seeing the Mark of Zorro in the original? Or maybe that's one of the. No, I versions. think because it, the real originals even before that movie was made. Um, it, uh, Richard Strauss. I think it was the uh, the opera of the bat, and uh, and this is one of the other incarnations that he he's afraid he wants to leave, so he pressures his parents to leave early. And so they're they're you know when you're coming out of a theater at, at an opera or play or a musical uh, concert, you're in a whole stream of people, and they always tell you that the one thing you don't want to do in an urban setting is be the only one who is doing something, you know, uh, at an odd time in an odd way. And they are that they're in. That's very much true in the um, early original version of the modern ones with the Michael Keaton, that uh, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that's but beyond that, that's um, there's no other suggestion I, I can think of in any of his other of many, many versions, dramatizations where uh, Thomas Wayne is somehow part of the corruption. You're right, Gwendolyn, it, it, you know. It does make sense. I think it's a newer I think it's a newer plot development that's been surfacing more and more in like some of the some of the new storylines just flushing out kind of that his parents were not these like just perfect people or whatever. Right. Especially because I think in a lot of previous versions and certainly in the movies they do portray him that way as like very saintly and like yes moral do good. So I, I like that it's more it's a little more murky now. Yeah. And then just as this, the enemies are defeated. OK. Uh, and peace is restored. One giant flood later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you've got, uh, you know, the um, the Riddler is locked up, you know, and every, you know, will there be sequels? There may or may not. Now, I was reading this morning in, in uh, uh, one of the interviews with the, with the director, and uh, it was in one of the New York Times or something, and he was asked, you know, are you preparing a sequel? And he said it wasn't, you know, that wasn't his intention. Um well, I think they were asking him about the, you know, the 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 little shot after the after the credits that all ended at the very end. People have left the theater and not where the fact you don't leave in, in these movies because there's always a, a coda at the very end. But uh, according to what the direct, director was saying, he he hadn't uh, thought of this in being the beginning of something that would be another franchise or or was even considering a sequel. That may change. I'm, that I'm was, guessing after it's morning times, that'll change. I know. I really, I really hope that changes. <laughs> well, when it's it, it's going to probably go down as not just not just the biggest grossing Batman movie of all time, but uh, one if not the most uh, profitable comic book movie. Oh yeah, I also really loved the take on all the villains. Where we we've kind of seen from the first, you know, from the Tim Burton films where we've kind of gotten more and more realistic with the villains, like as time's gone on. And mm -hmm. I thought, I thought the way the villains were portrayed in this was really great. Like, 
you know, the penguin and the, the especially the Riddler having him be this kind of like serial killer that's like got this whole like kind of conspiracy online group and and kind of is is and so too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Like it it just and 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 you know, Catwoman, it all felt very realistic in a really nice way that I really felt was fresh. Yeah, it's Absolutely. a far cry from the uh, Adam West uh, villains. I, I know, but it's weird because <laughs> I felt fun, like but they were clearly over the top. I know, but I fe- it's funny though because I felt like even Michelle Pfeiffer, who was my favorite, was so over the top, but it it, it worked at the time, you know. Mm-hmm. No, I was thinking of uh, uh, of the um, uh, the Penguin uh, was um, in. in in the second Batman movie, what's his name? Um, oh, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Yeah, DeVito. Danny DeVito. You know, I mean, it, it really was a cartoon character. You know, uh, come to life, and uh, I think that that's the case. I, I thought too the um, uh, nobody ever went too extreme in this. Even you know, Catwoman is not overly uh, overly sexy, overly uh, seductive, or whatever. Uh, nobody is uh, even. Even uh, the Riddler, when we find out who he is, uh, it's a far cry from uh, earlier versions of the Riddler. I even saw, too, and again, I like how in this movie, again, like the Riddler is sort of like the main antagonist, and, and that's kind of how the mystery is built around. But again, you have these other established villains that are that are more sort of like just integral to the, the kind of world building. And, and so, like, you have obviously yeah, Falcone and and um, and Penguin. But I don't know if you guys thought this. I, I almost got even just a little bit of, of influence from M, where in M you have Ooh. like this one mystery serial killer that's doing all this, and that it sort of forces the regular criminals to kind of like close in and kind of like expedite them because it's sort of like disrupting the the natural flow of crime, if you will. Yeah. 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 Sure. sure. Kind of how everyone sort of starts closing on them. Right, because he's going after all the corrupt figures, and they kind of now know that. Especially since so much of them kind of hang out at this, at the uh, Penguins Club. Yeah, and like I like the club within the club. I, I liked all of it. Yeah, all of that though is is I think definitely a descent into the underworld. That uh, that that's yes. a key theme for the hero. Uh, Odysseus goes in. I mean, uh, and his, his example Aeneas goes into the underworld again and again. You know, Jesus goes into the underworld. Yeah, you know, right. Right. It, and it, I love it, that essential that... point. I love that Batman has to has to see the underworld through Catwoman's eyes. I really liked that. It was very creative. Quite, quite literally. Quite literally. Yeah, quite literally. It was very creative. The the whole camera contacts was really cool. I liked that. I liked all of that. And it makes so much sense for for Batman because we always see him going down to his Batcave and going on his big screens and like you know, no matter what version of Batman, it's always, he's always pulling up stuff on the big screens. And so it makes sense he'd be recording every single moment he's Batman so he could go back and reevaluate things. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the questions in this interview in the, in the Times today uh, was, uh, is the character in the next cell at the very end, is that, is that the Joker? Yeah, and, I think it's uh, supposed to be. The, 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 so inter- I, I, the interviewer is asking that question. And uh, uh, I forget what the, the director's answer is kind of a, a qualified no, right? Because, again, he keeps talking about, uh, at least in this interview, that he wasn't, you know, wasn't doing this planning that it was going to have a sequel. 
But that's an obvious question, you know. You okay, get all the yeah. other, but you haven't got the main one, you know. Well, we didn't think when we were watching it, we didn't think initially it was the Joker because his face looked really scarred to me. I thought he was maybe going to be Two Face, but yeah. James yeah. was saying he thinks it's the Joker. But it just didn't. Like I know they're laughing at the end, and I know he makes a reference to being a clown, but I don't know. It yeah, didn't. The, it didn't direct- give me Joker vibes. I, I thought it was Two Face initially too, because you only kind of see half of his profile. But yeah, the 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 line he says is "One day you're on top, the next day you're a clown," and then starts laughing. So that to me means seems he's the Joker. I would think that's the Joker. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't love that scene personally, yeah. but I I can see why they want to. And, and my question is, I just didn't get asked here. Was that part of the original script or was that added? Right. So one thing I, I heard, which I don't know if this is rumors or not, but one thing that I was reading was that apparently in one of the sort of drafts of this movie, and again, it's already a pretty lengthy movie, so I can see where they'd cut some things out. Apparently they were going to have it where the Joker is already in Arkham and Batman goes to visit him in almost like a Silence of the Lambs way with Hannibal Lecter to kind of like get some ideas as to how to figure out where the Riddler is, which I, I, I could see them maybe doing that in another movie. But also, I think a question you can ask, too, is that, okay, Joker's already locked up, so did Batman put him there? And even the the goons he fights at the beginning kind of have Joker makeup on, so are they part of his gang, or are they just, you know... They do, but they also, seem to, they also seem to not know who he is. True, true. So it's, it's, a, little, yeah. it's a little vague. I think it's, yeah, because they say kind of he's only been doing this for like two years or something like that. So well, you know, it, 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 to draw an analog um, from other parts of our, of, our, of our heritage, the whole idea that in Frankenstein, uh, they finished shooting, and then after it was supposedly all done, they wanted to add that final scene showing that uh, Frankenstein you know, survived being thrown off the windmill and stuff, and they made James Whale, you know, in effect, come back and add that other scene. Uh, I'm wondering if something like that happened here. Yes, yeah, scenes like that to me feel more like studio notes than than maybe director's visions. Like, I, I, Dad, I feel like a lot of the like not just Universal films, but a lot of those like classic '40s films, like The Raven, like they they have that zinger at the end that just feels so tacked on, and that to me feels like the studio notes. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Are Are there any other um, draws to the Odyssey, or were those all? That, that's it. I I, I found uh, nine examples. Very good. Pretty good. Pretty good. I also gotta say, I just I love this Batmobile, and I thought the whole chase scene with the Alfred was so incredible. good. Yeah, it was great. so good. The way it revs up the the it was, that's such a good scene. I know it, it, it was so good. It was so good. I, I want to watch it again. And the end when he's like talking to the Joker and he just keeps saying Bruce Wayne over and over. And then, oh my gosh, it's just like you're like, does he know like what's going on? Like, and the way I, Robert I, Pattinson. Saying, I thought, yeah, I thought he knew, and then I, I think. Know. He plays it so well where he's like testing him and then he does. And I thought that was really well done. It was so well done. And I just liked in general that Bruce Wayne's one of the targeted victims. It, it adds an extra layer of like interest. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I, I like that scene uh, with Alfred, like where he's with the, in the, you know, the hospital bed and that's, he's sort of like asking about confronting him about the whole thing with Thomas Wayne. But even once Batman realizes that Bruce or uh, Bruce Wayne's the next target and him driving and like kind of manically like hurrying to get there, that to me is the moment where you see him truly vulnerable. And like, I really liked that. Yeah. Moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and him talking about how he's not afraid to die, he's not afraid of anything like that, but he's like afraid to go through that experience of losing someone he loves again. Yeah, that that scene worked for me. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was fantastic. I also like that Catwoman's whole agenda is is her own agenda to find her friend, but it coincides with Batman's, but she's not just like helping Batman. She like has her own mm-hmm. sub storyline going on that, that just works yeah. within the, the, the mystery. Definitely. And I thought the yeah. two of them had such good chemistry. Oh, they had amazing chemistry. They really nailed that kind of push and pull dynamic. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and that's where the, the, the movie ending with the two of them driving off uh, feels like a real ending. And, and whereas that, that additional thing seems somewhat tacked on. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, well, yeah, I think it's it's safe to say we all really like this movie. <laughs> yeah. Are there any kind of any kind of closing thoughts you want to give? Just go see it. It's so good. Yeah, you're right. Like we have we've had so many great Batman movies. Like we're so it's sp- crazy. The only ones that were really not great was the was I mean nothing against Ben Affleck, but just the Justice League movies. Are just not as impactful, you know. Right, right. Yeah, they they were good, but right, they they uh, they come up very short compared to the Avengers uh, series. Oh, a hundred percent, and um and like a lot of the characters in that because we're kind of throwing them all together so quickly seem very underdeveloped, you know. Yeah. Whereas well, I, li- in- I like too that with this specific movie like it's not really connected to the dceu and they're kind of just like you know what do your own thing make a good movie like don't worry about shared universe and all that it's it's yeah it feels very much its own vision and and i'm glad that they let matt reeves execute it this way me too and i think that's where we're talking about just the standalone batman movies have all been so good whereas the justice league and the batman versus superman it's more kind of multiple characters Mm-hmm. his own thing for sure for sure right right um yeah no, and uh, this to me is is like the perfect movie to see on the big screen just like the the sound effects the 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 visuals of it it all just worked so well and yeah i love that score i thought the score was just oh, awesome amazing again how many batman movies get such great themes whether it's danny elfman or hans zimmer or now michael giacchino it's just like it's so good Every time it comes in, it, it's and also I've got to say the action was amazing. Like the, like the way he fights is so visceral, and like I love that shot where where he hits the lights in the club and just the gunfire going off while he's coming down and taking out the goons. Yeah. Well, so that's awesome. where I was laughing when you were telling me when you were singing again with Dad how you're like, okay, when can I? Because it's a three hour long. Even when I saw it was gonna be three hours, Justin were like, oh my gosh, three hours. But it doesn't feel like it's it it flows so well. But I was laughing when you were saying how you're like gonna try to strategically think about when you could go to the bathroom if you needed to and then every time you're like oh wait it's this scene oh wait now it's this scene oh wait, it's just <laughs> yeah. every scene no, no good time to go it's so good yeah even the scene like right after the whole scene of the funeral where like the car drives in even that whole sequence with the with i think it's the da who has like the bomb around and, and has to figure out the riddles that was so tense and so suspenseful uh, and so even good. on rewatch you know what's coming and yet it still like shocks you when he blows up i know and then even then you know batman's waking up in the precinct and then that whole sequence is so good where jim's like this is what you're gonna do you're gonna hit me and you're gonna take the keys <laughs> and like it's it's great it's like you could have pulled that punch i did <laughs> I yeah right that was a great i know <laughs> and you know we talked about i love that they like 
leave him with his eye makeup on when he takes his cowl off, like every time he's in the yeah. Batcave, because that's like an issue that we've always joked about where clearly every movie, when any actor is playing Batman, he clearly has black eye makeup around his eyes to minimize, you know, like the, the, the mask. Right, and I like right. that they, that they addressed it, you know, that, that makeup would just disappear. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right, right. It's almost like war paint. Like it totally works. Yeah. The character. Yeah. yeah. Well, th- yeah, think about this, that it, it's, it's almost been, I've had almost 80 years of Batman movies. Well, you mean Batman character, not not movies for AD. Well, actually, I guess you're right because no, yeah, movies. You're talking about the you serials? Know, I mean, uh, you know, not, not in every decade, but um, uh, consistently. You know, the movie serials, the Adam West uh, TV, and then movie stuff, and then you get into you know, it's off and on, but it's but it's a recurring theme. You know, it goes back to the first one is 1943. Yeah, you're right. Well, I think it also just shows too that Batman and Superman kind of like are, are just so much above beyond every other superhero and that they're just in the pop culture zeitgeist and they kind of always will be. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, even Captain America at his peak, which would have been during World War II, obviously, uh, was definitely a, a third runner, third place character. Popular as he was. Yeah, no, Superman and Batman were the top of the line. Right. And I I think, again, too, what these movies do so well is, you know, I love that this movie, we've moved away from any kind of origin story, like, especially for Batman and Superman, we, we don't need another origin. We, we, we all know it too well. And to kind of have it just start where he's already been in it, but, you know, he's still newer in the game of, you know, being this vigilante. I love just that, you know, we kind of focus on this one mystery that he's involved in to solve, you know, that kind of breaks open the whole, you know, corruption in Gotham. But I also like that, that the Riddler's plan is completely followed through. Like he, he actually destroys Gotham city and it's not like the typical, Oh, at the last minute, they do something to, 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 to stop it. It, it happens. His plan happens and it, and he's, they're able to save a lot of people, but the city is destroyed, you know, and that and it's just mm. that we have to kind of now, you know, pick ourselves up and and start from, you know, the ground up again. You know, and you have this mayor that's clearly not corrupt and is very progressive and is very fearless and is clearly, you know, w- wanting to bring Gotham into a new a new kind of age, as well as Robert Pattinson's character having this new mentality of how he needs to be as Batman for the city. Absolutely. And and I, I do love the the sort of interrogation scene with Batman and the Riddler, which is obviously very reminiscent of the Batman Joker interrogation scene, especially the way the Riddler's like, oh, you know, you and I are working together and like we need each other, which, again, is similar to the Joker. But I, I like that because I feel like so many of the Batman comics get into that question of like, do the criminals create Batman or does Batman create the criminals? And like, it's an interesting sort of dichotomy. And, and you know, unfortunately, it has a the whole thing about the destruction of Gotham has in resonance with the whole uh, war in, in Ukraine. You know, you've got this. Um, Absolutely. And also just the whole idea of Riddler live streaming to these, it's almost like QAnon style, like followers. Like it felt very timely. Mm. I know. And, and very realistic, scarily, you know, you know, like, I mean, it just, it was done really well. I really liked this take on the Riddler as this kind of crazy serial killer 
that's that's also like very very smart and um i mean the the opening scene with him killing the the mayor is almost like a horror scary movie. it's yeah, really right, scary right, right. the duct tape all the duct tape stuff is so scary the rat cage on the guy's head is so scary like well, and well, even when he attacks the the da in the car i, I liked how it's sort of the whole image is like out of focus, but we can see him yeah, putting this like bomb around his neck. Like yeah. it's really intense. Oh, it's mm-hmm. so intense. It's really creepy. Um, and that's oh. where it was, it was effective being creepy and scary without being too, you don't see too much of the gore. You, you get, you get an, enough of a sense of how scary it is just by the way they do it. Totally. And, and dad, I know one thing we talked about, you know, off camera, about we we love the kind of the, that visual towards the end of him lighting the flare and leading yes. the people out how it's very kind of reminiscent of like Moses but I love too just how that works thematically where again in the beginning he is the shadows like he says that and then at the end he is the light in the darkness kind of taking yeah. leading yeah. the people out and yeah. what's cool what I like too is he he initially raises his hand out and the first one to accept is the boy the boy right. who had his dad killed and he was the one that truly saw Batman being a hero so i like that he's right cuz everyone seems the... everyone seems a little afraid right exactly to... yeah. yeah but no that's that definitely the light in the darkness is a, a, a tremendous motif yeah yeah and the guy who played commissioner gordon was so good like oh, their I, dynamic I was Mark. great too like it was all everyone was so good in this movie well, especially I thought this movie really showed not just Gordon, but the whole kind of police force and how most of them don't trust Batman and, and don't want him around. But uh, Gordon's the one that really has to like work with him and kind of like tell people, like, no, he's coming onto the crime scene. And like yeah. also that like he's the kind of true noble cop, whereas like there's clearly corruption within the police force. Right. No, I, I thought they had a great, great sort of um camaraderie as well. They did. They did. And I, it's, it was, it was great. Even all the clues and the way it all unfolds, it was so good. It was very long Halloween in like the best way possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Well, I think the the whole central crust of the idea that is so fascinating is the idea that he's, he's going to scare the the, the criminals. Yeah. Spear into them. Uh, well, I, I love that too. How even from the get-go, they establish that the bat signal is like a warning to the criminals. Like if they see that bat signal, he's out, and like you I know. Be and that's what's so great, where you see these different criminals doing mostly like petty crimes, but as soon as they see the signal, and then there's always something where there's a deep shadowed area, and you see them all just you know have this panic that you know Batman could come out at any moment to get them. Yeah, the, the, I think like the thing of paint rolls into the shadows, and the guy's like, yeah. Ah. yeah it's so well done it's so well done i also again talking about how like you know in in contrast to some of the other live action batmans how again he's so loud the way he sort of walks but i love too even just the way he like knocks on the door for the lounge he's like you know who i am and then like starts beating up the goons to go find uh go find um the penguin like that's so different than him like sneaking in like he's such like a, a presence and a force and like you know, yeah, I kind of deliberately, yeah, attacks people and strikes terror. So cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I think that uh, that kind of wraps it up. Uh, yeah, definitely can't wait to see this again. I, 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 I'm so happy we have this movie. It's just like <laughs> for it to for it to have all these again Batman influence and film influence and all these all the all the pieces come together so well. It's it's really impressive. It really elevates to beyond a superhero movie, in my opinion. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's just it, a it, good it's film. It's classic mythology. Still. Yeah. Classic mythology. Definitely. 
absolutely. And I think to to kind of dad what you're saying about like how this how this is like a version of the Odyssey, it shows that as you said, like those stories are are timeless because it's like the best thing ever, and and we're just getting these kind of new iterations of that same narrative. Yeah, the whole appeal of of wanting to go home, you know, uh-huh. um, yeah. is, is is so foundational. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think that wraps it up. Uh, this was a this was an exciting discussion. I'm glad we got to review this. And uh, yeah. So I'm James. I'm Paul. And I'm Gwen. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to. It's ten times the terror. The podcast. One of my favorite films ever. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that for you. Thank you for listening to Ten Times the Terror. This podcast would not be possible without listeners like you. You can find out more about our podcast by visiting our website, 10timestheterror.com. That's 10xtheterror.com.